Hello, Alien family. My name is Dinah Wallen, and I'm a pediatric emergency physician in San Francisco, California. If your emergency department is anything like ours, pediatric patients with acute behavioral and mental health emergencies are incredibly common. Emergency department visits aren't the only statistic that's increasing either. Tragically, the number of pediatric deaths by suicide is also increasing every year. Scarily, fewer than 50% of adolescents who die by suicide have ever received treatment for a mental health problem, meaning that we in the emergency department have the opportunity to play a major role in saving lives by screening for occult suicidality. A study published this month in JAMA Psychiatry describes the effectiveness of a really cool novel screening instrument, which uses adaptive questioning to cater questions and responses to individual adolescents' needs. I'm lucky enough to be joined today by Dr. Jackie Grubfalen, one of the study's authors and a friend of mine. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, Dinah. It's awesome to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's jump right in. The paper opens with the staggering statistic that 2018 set a record for the highest number of adolescent deaths by suicide, and that this number has increased by 62% since 2000. What are some factors contributing to this alarming rise, and how does the COVID pandemic contribute to this? It is staggering. Heading into the millennium, we saw a decrease in suicide completions. However, the last decade has been a remarkable uptick in this behavior. We believe there's a number of drivers to this increase, including decreased access to mental health services and decreased social connection, which we think the pandemic has actually exacerbated. The impact of social media is also a driver, although not studied well. Our study completed follow-up before the actual COVID pandemic started. However, as an ED doc and suicidologist, I have watched the numbers increase over the last 12 months. For example, in January 2021, we saw the largest proportion of positive suicide screens since before the pandemic began. Others have seen this increase as well. My husband, who's a pediatrician, talks about the increases in anxiety, depression, and eating disorders that he sees now on a daily basis in his practice. This is a story we've been hearing about all over the country. Wow. That makes your study all the more timely and relevant then. We've got increasing incidents and decreasing access to effective outpatient and community support systems, leaving the ED as some family's only option. There already exist several options for emergency department screens for suicidality, including the one we use at our institution, Ask Suicide Screening Questions, or the ASQ. What's different about your group's screening instrument, the Computerized Adaptive Screen for Suicidal Youth, or CASI? The Ask Suicide Questionnaire is what we call a static screen. It does not change from person to person. So each person is asked the same four questions. The CASI is an adaptive screen. That means that the questions are dependent upon the question that preceded it. You may remember your high school math exams where you answered a question correctly and then you got a harder question after that versus if you answered it incorrectly, you got an easier question. That's a type of an adaptive screen. All right, simple enough. Now, moving to actual implementation. How do the authors bring the CASI into their emergency departments? What's the actual workflow of integrating CASI into an adolescent's ED visit? The CASI was implemented as a research protocol in our study. Teens were approached during specific study timeframes. All stable teens were approached and only excluded if they were unable to cognitively answer the questions. 
And this could be due to developmental delay, unstable clinical status, medications that altered their mental status, such as morphine and other things. Once enrolled, teens were given an iPad and were presented with a CASI, which on average was about 11 questions and took about a minute and a half. It took a little longer if the team answered positively on some of the questions and much less time if they answered negatively on the questions. Because it is adaptive, teams would be presented with different questions depending on how they answered the first ones. A minute and a half? Okay, that seems feasible. Now, let's see how well the algorithm did. This was a study through the PCAR network of adolescents aged 12 to 17 years. There were over 2,000 subjects in the derivation study and over 2,700 in the validation. You and your team found that Cassie had a sensitivity of 82.4% for a prediction of a suicide attempt in the next three months with a specificity of 80%. That sounds pretty good. Was there anything that surprised you about these results? Dinah, we were hopeful when the derivation sample in study one performed very well, but the proof was in the validation sample. This is when we often fail to do as well. We were really excited that the validation sample was as good as the derivation. Do you think that this had anything to do with the technological support and adaptive questioning format rather than our usual blood, sweat, tears, unassisted approach to deriving clinical decision instruments? I do think the adaptive design of the study contributed to the success of the validation study. However, you have to remember that our validation study was done in pretty much the same population that the derivation study was done in, namely the PCARN emergency departments. It would be really interesting to see how this screen works in settings outside of the pediatric emergency department, for example, general emergency departments. We hope that it would still perform as well, but that would be interesting to find out. It's so cool. Well, it seems as if the CASI is a viable option to effectively screen for suicidality in a really vulnerable population. If an ALEM listener wanted to implement the CASI in their ED, what are the next steps? The idea is that the CASI will work in a variety of settings, pediatric or general emergency departments, and in a variety of research-rich or poor environments. In our study, we use the area under the curve to match a sensitivity to a specificity of 80%. But if you had amazing mental health resources, you can choose a higher sensitivity, say 90%. If you did not want to miss more teens, that might have a suicide attempt at three months, you could increase your sensitivity. But remember, if you do that, you will have an increase in false positives. Each ED can decide where they want to dial up their sensitivity. One other important point, the CASI is proprietary. You do have to pay a small amount to support the site that hosts the algorithms and keeps them maintained. Okay, well, a small price to pay to save an adolescent's life. How might our listeners access the site and purchase a subscription? The CASI will be available soon online. Please stay tuned. We will post the link in our show notes as it becomes available. I really do want to thank you and your team for focusing on this critically important topic. And thank you, Jackie, so much for taking the time to share your wisdom with me and with the Alien audience. Is there one last nugget about the care of adolescents with behavioral and mental health emergencies that you want us to know? Thank you, Dinah and Alien, for focusing on suicide screening and this new tool in our armamentorium. Increasing our ability to suicide segment risk and predict who needs more intensive therapy versus those who can be sent home safely is a very important thing for us and a problem that we have to solve as emergency physicians. 
The Cassie can help us make those decisions with more precision and safety. Truer words have never been spoken. Dr. Grep Phelan, congratulations on the publication of such a cool study. And thank you again for joining me today. Alien family, thank you also for joining us. Stay safe out there. Until next time.